0: Well guys it is so awesome to be here. I brought the original apple. Paper. It is so awesome to be here and I'm so happy for everybody who's a part of shoreline. I'm so happy for that small crew who was part of the original shoreline and I'm so happy that we could come. and I, I feel obviously today is a celebration of God, but I feel it's a celebration of you guys. I'm so happy for all of you. There's a lot of people who've been having a lot of meetings. Like I get overwhelmed. I see all the meetings you guys had and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a lot of meetings. Um, but you guys were committed to the dream of, of getting a church back here like we used to have for Ventura, Oxnard, Camarillo. and. and I, I wanna, I hope all of you guys feel honored today. Yeah. You know, today's a crazy day. I appreciate everybody who drove here. If you drove from seeing me to come here today, you're awesome, because yeah. you, had, you had so many excuses why not to drive here today. It's a crazy, so if you've been in my house, I lived there five and a half years. The canal next to my road has never overflowed until today. Wow. And I'm like, babe, we are on an island. I don't think we're going to church. I had my phone ready to call Gio and Joe. I mean, I was ready to push it to be like, hey, I'm not going to be there. It's 2 o'clock. I don't know what you're going to do. Say something nice. And then I'm going to be honest. I prayed. And the first part was like, God, it's not about me because I can be arrogant. So I always got to remind God of me, it's not about me. But I was like, there are so many amazing people in Shoreline, God, who, who really deserve to celebrate today as this church comes back. I'm like, God, if you could just give us a few hour window of, of no rain so that we could go and celebrate and it won't just be like 10 of us here, um, that'd be amazing. And I feel like God answered that prayer to honor you guys. To honor all of you who've been a part of Shoreline and who've worked so hard to to be Shoreline and to bring Shoreline back. And so I hope you guys feel encouraged today. I hope you feel excited today. And I hope you see how amazing God thinks you are today and what a vision he has for what's gonna happen here for both churches down the road. You know, today I wanna talk about having vision. And you gotta have it to keep going. You know what I mean? I mean, There's times where things look bad. I don't know what's happened today, so don't count me on today, but I know earlier this year, I heard a lot of bad things about the Packers. I heard a lot of bad things about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's all over. He needs to retire. And yet, they must have kept a vision even though people were against them because they're playing today. They may have already, I don't know. Um, you know, you gotta work. Sometimes work stinks. Sometimes you hate your boss, sometimes in your head you're like, man, I should just tell this guy to take this job and shove it. And I'm out of here, but then you, you got to get a vision. You know, you're like, but my kids are hungry (laughs) and you know, my wife's car needs to start. There's gotta be gas in it and you get a vision and it gets you through crazy days where you think like, I see a chair, I see my boss, a plus B, you know, you're like, wait, I gotta be a Christian. You know, you gotta have vision. To get through that, in school, students, high schoolers, college students, there's times where you hate school. Where you're just like, I cannot write one more paper. If I have to study for one more midterm, I'm gonna use this pencil for something other than writing. But then you gotta get a vision, right? You gotta get a vision of, hey, even though I'm tired, I'd like to have some options in the future. You know, I'd like to have some choice maybe, and so, you go to school the next day. Well, it's the same with God, right? We need to have a vision. Funny thing, I've now been a Christian longer than I wasn't a Christian. Um, and so I was like, wow, I've sinned more as a Christian than as a non-Christian. It's a weird thought. And it makes you realize how much you need God. You know, we had an amazing church here, and then it was gone. And now it's coming back. And that's amazing. You know, um, it was an amazing church, Gio led it, I led it, then Andrew and I went up to help Santa Barbara, and the church here got folded in with the church up to grade, and when that happened, there was some people, it was a very sad day. There was other people, they were happy about it, you know? We don't always know how to make how to make sense of things. You know, with the upcoming split, we've come together as one church, but there's We're coming up to where we're going to meet in two different locations regularly. Some are sad about that. Some are happy about that. Some it makes sense. Some it doesn't, right? What's going on around here? I don't like this. I've heard both. I've heard strong. I don't like this. This is crazy. And I've heard others. Thank you, Jesus. I get get some new fresh faces. I'm like, hey, amen. But you know, this is when we got to look to God, right? When things don't make sense. When things are fuzzy, we got to look to God. You know, um, my first point today is God has a vision for your life. Does this thing work? There it is. Boom! Come on, man. I am high tech. You're amazing. Thank you. I was worried that wasn't going to work. Luckily, Joe made my slides. (laughs) Joe's all you got any slides what do you mean by slides <laughs> Romans 5 verse 6 Wow you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die but God demonstrates his own love for us in this While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Guys, God has always had a vision for your life. It says that while you were still a sinner, while while we were still ungodly, it wasn't like we were these amazing people. You know, if somebody's like really amazing, it's easy to help them. You're like, ah, it's kind of out of my way, but man, this is a really good guy, and he always has nice things to say to me, and he's always so helpful. I'll help him. But then there's the other one, and they're like, hey, they're they're calling you, you know, and they're, they're calling you stranded on the side of the road, and you're like, go to voicemail. Sorry, buddy. It's what you get. But that's not what God did to us. You can be honest. Come on. We all know that some people call us, and we're like, Sorry, unavailable. And then somebody else calls us Oh, hey, how's it going? Well, God didn't do that. Amen. God sent Jesus ahead for us. You know, that shows how much he loves us. That he was willing to allow the destruction of his son to save us. You know, when somebody gives me five, somebody buys me lunch sometimes, I'm like, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> Oh, I never realized, thanks thanks for Mickey D's. And yet, here God is like, here's my son. Here's the payment to save you so you can be saved. I want you to be saved. I want good things for your life. I want you to have a life that is never without hope. I want you to have a life that even when you fall down, because I've fallen down now more as a Christian than as a non-Christian. You know, it used to be like you talk about, yeah, before as a Christian, I did this and I did this. Now I've been a Christian so long, it's like, yeah, as a Christian, I did this and I did this and I did this. And yet God wanted me never to be without hope. God wanted me never to be without opportunity, without a future. And so he sent his son. You know, it's been around 14 years since there hasn't been a church down here. And in that time, I've seen... A lot of situations that I was like, there is nothing good that can come from that. I, let me tell you all the bad things that are going to happen from that situation. Right. Nothing good, nothing helpful, no hope. It's a Titanic. Do whatever you got to do to get on the life road. Throw the kids, throw the women, save yourself. <laughs> and yet, in so many of those situations... I've been amazed by how God has worked. You know uh, I, I've throughout the lesson today I have different people who stood who have stood out to me for different reasons I want to share about. Don't worry, I got their permission. Um, but I, I think about Mike and Connie Dorner and there was a time where they left our fellowship and I was like, what are we gonna do? We are doomed you know put a fork in it. And yet, They come back to our fellowship and they help all these people like Mike and Mercedes. I I see him helping people become Christians. You know, Mercedes moved back from Hawaii. She's a Christian, her husband isn't. Mike and Connie get in there. They click, study the Bible. Mike becomes a Christian. This whole family has hope. Now they have, now they have a baby who can be raised by a, by a dad who loves God. And I'm like, wow, not only that, then they, they, they're able to play a part, and I understand, obviously understand a lot of people play a role in it, but their daughter becomes a Christian. I'm like, Hallie's a Christian, oh my gosh, wow. And then Hallie helps my daughter become a Christian. And I'm like, sweet baby, Jesus, there's hope in this world. And, and yet I look back to the time when I was like, oh, Mikey Mike Connie left, man, it's, it's over. And I look at the amazing things God has done. And it shows me God always has a vision for us. You know, I look at my daughter Alexis. You know, in the time that she's had to live with me and my wife, she's lived in like 10 houses in like five cities. She's had her parents go out of the ministry. She watched her dad lose his company, lost everything, lived on yard sales, and yet she's strong and she loves God. And there was times where I'm like, God, how is this going to work, dude? If, I'd be ticked off. I got chipped. But it shows me God, can, God is always working. God always has a vision for us. God always has a vision for us individually. God always has a vision for our church. Even though it doesn't always make sense. Even though we're always like, uh, wait, I can't. This is that new math that's weird. But God's always working. He has a vision for us. My second point is, God wants us to have a vision for our life. You know, sometimes it's like, yeah, I know God has a vision. And for you people over there, it's going to be awesome. But me, it's over. Me, I'm just trying to survive, man. I'm just trying, if I hold on long enough, maybe Jesus will come back. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to have a vision. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18, it says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, let's be honest. Who doesn't get a little chuckle when you read that scripture? When I read light and momentary troubles, I chuckle. I'm like, who is, who is Paul talking to? My troubles are not light and they are not momentary. My troubles are enormous and devastating. My troubles are like today's rain, evacuate the city and don't come back. My troubles feel like Chernobyl over in Russia that the nuclear reactor melted and that town will never be populated again. That's how my troubles feel. And I'm guessing that's most of us. Most of us are like, oh man, it's going down. It's horrible. I make a mistake at work. And I just feel this pit in my stomach and my stomach starts burning. And then, I, you know, then I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's all over. I messed up on this bid and this company's gonna fail and they're gonna get fire me and I'm gonna have to live on social assistance and I'm gonna have to have a disciple let me live in their garage. And I mean, it's just, I don't know about you, but that's how quick I can go there. It's not light and momentary, you know? I check the bank account, I'm like, oh man. Andrea, what did you buy? <laughs> I'll let the, I'll give the landlord our 30-day notice. She's like, I bought bread and milk. I know, but it's I needed that 20 bucks. That's how this stuff can feel to me. You know what I'm saying? You know how you feel sometimes? We're just like, how are we gonna do it? And Paul, you know, it's crazy though when you think about Paul. Like, Paul wrote this and he's like being beaten where they're, oh, he's dead. We can leave now. He's floating in the ocean because he was literally on a boat that sank. And he's like, oh, it's light momentary. It's like, who are you? And before that, he says, don't lose heart. He just throws it out there, don't lose heart. You know, Paul's like, I've been, you know, stoned with stones three times, beaten with rods. I've been whipped, you know, 40 times. Don't lose heart. It's the hardest thing not to do, isn't it? As soon as you have an idea or a dream or a plan and it takes a right, isn't it so easy to immediately lose the original dream and then start recalculating? Okay, well, obviously that's not gonna happen, but but maybe this can happen. It won't be as good, but you know, we're just like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's so easy to lose heart. It's so easy to hit the panic button. You know, big button, like remember Staples used to do those, you know, I'm like, yeah, I have one of those for panic. Lose heart, it's over, you know? And yet he says, don't do that. He gives us a key. He says, focus on what you can't see, which is heaven. Right. Yeah. Now, he tells us to do that, but I ask you, how often do you do that? How often do you really go, well, I need. I'm going to go to heaven forever. It's going to be greater than I can imagine. It's going to be forever. Nobody will hate me. I won't hate anybody. It'll be all joy. It'll be all good. There'll be no challenges in the church. There'll be no relational issues. There'll be no schedule conflicts. It'll be pure joy. How often do you think about that? Because we're told here, that's where we should focus on. That's what we should pray about. You know, I get tripped up sometimes because, you know, I'm like, well, God, I want to focus on heaven, but... I gotta be real, God, like streets of gold, like, that sounds like antique shopping, God. Like, can it be like 50 foot waves that break perfect forever and half pipes to skate and snowboarding with free lift tickets? I'm like, you know, but I trust God that, you know, he's just putting something there that I can't fathom heaven, but it's gonna be more amazing than I could imagine. <laughs> but what it's saying is we gotta have a vision for our life spiritually. My question for everybody here who is in this room is what do you think God is dreaming about for you? And I want you to write it down or text it in your notes, but what do you think God is dreaming about for you? Because the truth is, whether you're a disciple here today or not, God has a spiritual dream for your life. God has a dream that your best years are ahead. And that's why I love being a Christian. Before I was a Christian, you know, I was just a a, a naive 20 year old surfer. And I was like, you know, when I hit middle age, I'm just going to pull into a wave that I know I can't make it out of because, you know, life's just over. And yet as a Christian, I get more and more excited about life the older I get because I go, wow, God's giving me a little more common sense and God's teaching me how I can be more helpful to people. And you see like, wow, God could use me as a tool and it's so exciting. And you know, when I think about people having a vision for their life and specifically Shoreline. If you've been around, I'm sure you think of the same people. I thought of Haram and Jackie. And... Haram and Jackie are, are OGs. Jackie was baptized in the original shoreline. Then back then, we didn't, we didn't have too many singles and campus students walking around. Jackie was in college, not too many walking around. So Jackie went and found her own man. This is Haram. Please study the Bible with him. So we studied the Bible with him, and then they dated and got married. And what I what I love about Haram and Jackie is they've always been shoreline through and through. They've always been Oxnard Ventura Camarillo. This side of it. like they never gave up. They never lost hope. There was times I talked to them and I could see it was hard to believe. Like I believe, help me with my unbelief. But they never stopped. They never gave in. And I feel like. God is, today is, part of today is God honoring their faith. That they never lost the vision for, God, we need a church here. Because there's so many people who, you know, it it might not make sense to you, but but the grade in Camarillo is sometimes seen as like Mount Everest. Or the the Great Wall of China. Or the Pacific Ocean. And, and in certain parts of this county, if you're like, yeah, amazing church, you're like, yeah, I got you, yeah. And we just have to go over that mountain. Oh, sorry. You lost me, man, you lost me. I was with you. But I don't know about that. And I admire the, the faith that you guys had. And I, I just wanted to hold you guys up today. What I... Cause God wants us to have a vision for our life and I feel like you guys never lost it. And it's so exciting because it, it's made me remember as, as this becomes more of a reality and thinking about coming to church here, it's made me remember what it was like before. What an amazing family, it was like a big, weird family but we had fun and we ate good. We, we showed that Boys and Girls Club what was up. And, and I just wanted to honor you guys. You know that even though it's been rough at times you never lost the vision but God doesn't stop there you know he doesn't want us just to okay God you got a vision for me I got a vision for myself now I'm just gonna go home eat some red vines play some some farm you know some Farmville or whatever and just chill man just chill it's all good baby let me know when you're ready for me to come home Lord but he doesn't stop there My third point is, God wants us to have a vision for others' lives. Because it's so easy to to stop at ourselves. You know, there's times in the church where because of what's going on in the church, it's just like, oh, this is bad. I ain't bringing anybody here, dude. No way. You know, you can feel that sometimes. Other times, you can get to a point in life where you're like, I'm so busy. I got rugby practice. I got Go pick this girl up at track practice. I got this. I got that. I got this meeting and that meeting. I don't got time for anybody else. And yet God says, have a vision for others. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. All right. <clears throat> Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. Isn't that hard? I mean, it's hard for me, you know? Sometimes I can I can have, you know, there's some religions where they, they say, hey, go do something for two years, and then you're good, bro. Rest of your life is yours. Sometimes I'm like, man, I did a lot when I was younger for you, God. Can I just like, you know, come to church, and Jesus will fix it, and here's a little contro, and here you wanna go have a lunch, and it's all good. I can feel that way sometimes. I'm guessing some of you maybe can. But he says, don't become weary in doing good. It's so hard, you know. Some of you, I like to keep it real, you know that. Some of you, you've known me for like 15 years and you're like, is this guy ever gonna change? I've hated this about him for 15 years. Is he ever gonna change? And I sympathize, right? Because we all do things that the rest of us look at and go, gosh, can you stop that? I know I do, I'm trying. And that's why it's so hard not to become weary, right? Because you have somebody like me in your life and you're like, bro, can you just act like you're, you know, am I 42 or 43? 42, can you act like you're 42 for like five minutes? I get it, I get it. But that's why it's hard, right? Because we all have people in our lives and circumstances in our lives that wear us down. It's like that little wave, even a little wave over time can make a huge impact. And that's why we got to not grow weary. Well, how do we do that? Well, we're told at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's be honest. Who here on a regular basis is certain they know the proper time for something? for circumstances in your life, right? You're like, this needs to happen tomorrow. I know it, right? It's God's timing. God, this needs to be the timing. Tomorrow, tomorrow, when I see that brother in the living room, they're gonna be giving because tomorrow's a proper time. You know what I mean? We all decide in our head the proper time. God, I've reached out to that person for five years and this year has got to be the year. If it's not this year, that's it, right? We, we're like, it's almost, we, we think God is giving us Mad Libs and we get to fill in how long the proper time is. Three days. I will suffer for three days and the rest of my year will be easy. Here's my order, God. And yet we're told, no, 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 God is the one who sets the proper time, right? We don't, I don't like that. Like, God, your timing and my timing, they're not really sinking. Come on, God, technology now, you sync. You know, you, I sync, you know. This is a big year for me. If you've ever been to my house, I have a paper calendar. And this year, I'm like, we're going digital. We're going to have a calendar on our phone. And Gio's like, dude, I've been telling you that for like six years. Um,. But I'm like, you know, you're like, God, come on, sync. We got to get in sync. My timing and your timing, you know, my ideas and your ideas. And God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't, when, when it happens, you'll know it was the right time. <laughs> not, not before, you know, but it's so hard. You know, as, as we talk about, we've come together as two churches. And as we as talk about advancing to where it's one church in two locations, it's, it's not always convenient. But planting churches isn't about adding convenience. It's to help more people become Christians. It's to help more people raise up as leaders. And it's to shake everybody up so we can grow spiritually. And I know that's not what we all want to hear today. I know we want to hear, oh, it's about more you know. God isn't planning two churches, so now you only have to drive five mi- minutes to church instead of 15. No, he's adding locations to change lives. Amen. To grow you spiritually because he wants you to make it to heaven. Yeah. To to grow you, you know, in one big church, man, it's it's easier to find your little nook. All of a sudden we're meeting in two locations, and you can't hide when it's like. We need another song leader. You. Uh, we need help with children's ministry. I know you don't have any kids, but we need you. You know, uh, We have three people who want to do Bible studies, and there's only six people in this room, so we're all in a Bible study. That's what God is doing. That's why God splits churches and creates multiple places. And, and I'm not just saying, if you're not there yet, I'm not saying you got to leave today and, you know, it's... You know, it's, it's like the end of a Disney movie where you walk off into the sunset happy. I understand you might have to wrestle with this for months. To be honest, in my household, we wrestled with this for one year, which is why I can be so fired up now because we figured out we're coming to church in Shoreline, but it took a year. It took a year. I respect that there's, it takes time. I respect that, you know, you don't always feel good when you get put in the grinder with the coffee grinds. It doesn't tickle. You know, when I thought about how God wants us to have a vision for others, I thought about Zach Pritchard. And if you know Zach, Zach, uh, you know, a lot of us saw Zach become a Christian. And since he's been a Christian, he's always had this heart of, I want to help others. There'd be times where he'd be like, Zach, we have this thing called youth camp. I know you've never been there, and you're gonna be really tired, but we need your help, the kids need you. Okay, I'll do it. And so he went to camp. He's gone to camps, had this amazing heart. Kids love him. You know, all they want you to show, a little interest in him, a little energy. And he had that heart. They're like, hey, we need to start a singles ministry. Zach's like, I'm gonna help. Let's build the singles ministry. Let's bring in the singles ministry. I've seen some of the the newer single women who've gotten baptized in the church, and I see Zach just pulling them in. Hey, come on in. You're part of this group. You have a home. And I look at Zach and I see that heart of have a vision for others and it inspires me. And I go, I want to have that vision for others. I want to help others. I want to make a difference. And I get that it's not always easy and I get that it's tough sometimes, but there's nothing worth fighting for more than getting yourself back to a place with God where you're about his business. That is the greatest place to be. Any other place I find myself, I'm always mad at myself afterwards. What were you doing there? You know, it's like when you go to, when you eat, you know, when you eat too many snacks out of the fridge, you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, you have a little talk with yourself, like, why did you take that many cookies? Come on, man. You already had dessert today. Why did you just eat nachos for dinner? That's not dinner. You know, you, when you find yourself in certain places, you're just like, Rrr. but when you're, when you're about God's business, it just feels good. And even when you mess up, you're like, I'm sorry. So easy to be humble when you mess up when you're about God's business. Sorry, dude, I blew it. I should not have said that. That was, I, I think it was crazy now too. Sorry. Let's keep moving. You know, when we're about God's business, it made me think of this scripture. Acts 17 verse 24 through 27 says, the Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him. And perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any of us you know I love this scripture I've always loved the scripture because sometimes you can think like why here why now like why wasn't I born in this century you know some of you I, I tell God sometimes God they were born in the wrong century they did not need technology <laughs> But it says that God marked out the appointed times in history for our lives. Which means God wants you alive now. Yeah. And it says the boundaries of their lands. Which means He wants you in Ventura County now. Yeah. Amen. I don't know where He lived before. I don't know where He might live in the future. He might want you somewhere in the future. At times I tell God, like, hey, Hawaii might need me, bro. But. I'm still in Ventura County. I I, I wouldn't mind living in Hawaii. But he put us here. He wants you here today to hear this message. And it says that God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. God wants to save others through us right now. what does that look like to you you know who has God put you around I laughed when I wrote this because right now I'm around a lot of psycho rugby men I help coach rugby Most of them are foreigners from England and New Zealand and Wales and South Africa. And they are crazy. And they say crazy things. And they do crazy things. And I laughed as I was thinking about this for myself. Going, that's funny, God. Why can't I get the easy people? (laughs) I got the people who... This one guy, Rob from New Zealand, I'm trying he lives in Simi. So I'm like, hey, now that we've got some services in Simi, I'm going to try to get him there. But it's funny because one day he's cussing the whole practice. He's like, sorry, Mike, I realize I'm, I'm effing cussing around you and, and I'm effing sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. And then he's like, I can't even, you know, he's cursing while he apologizes. And I'm like, it's okay, bro. <laughs> it's okay. But I laugh. You know, you might laugh about the people who God put you around right now. God, those people are so uptight. How can I talk to them? Those people are so not like me, God. How can I help them? God, I'm busy. I got a lot to do. You know, I laughed again because I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe rugby isn't my, my mission field. I'm in stinking construction. <laughs> They're like rugby coaches, but you're around them all day. Well, what's funny is they have a little bit of religion mixed around with a lot of like wildness. And I'm like, okay, God, this is how you put me around. I gotta, help me find my, my ends. Help me answer the questions honestly. Some of them are gonna see some stuff on Facebook that happened in my life this weekend. and be like, what, what was that all about, man? What were you guys doing at the beach on Saturday? All right, God, help me figure out how to tell them. Oh, you wanna know? All right, I'll let you know. But who has God put you around? Because yeah. God purposely put us all around different people. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be weird if we were all around the same people. Yeah. And they would think we were weird. Like, wow, why are you guys all around me? Don't you have anywhere else to go? <laughs> but but God wants, God wants us to give them a shot. There's people you're around. God wants you to give them a shot. It's not on you. You're not God. Thank thankfully. Holy cow. I realize very often if I was God, we'd all be in trouble. But God wants to work in their lives. You know, transitions are awkward. They can feel insecure at times. They can feel hazy like today. Like I can't, I can kind of see you driving down the freeway, kind of not. But God is moving us. He's moving us for his purposes. And I want you to remember, he has a vision for your life, he wants you to have a vision for your life, and he wants you to have a vision for other people's lives. Thanks, guys.